I don't know everything that's happening in every person's life in and around here, but if there was probably one thing that would unite us all together is that we're walking through things that are difficult in this life. We've got problems. We've got challenges. Um, my life's no different. If you were to talk with my wife and I and just say, what's been one of the most difficult challenges that you've walked through in this last season of our life? Probably one of the things that would come to the surface is my wife's hearing. Uh, because of a, a genetic thing in their family, her mother is deaf and Carmen has been going deaf for a long time. She's almost lost all of her hearing uh, at this point. And not being able to hear has created lots of different challenges in our life. Now, maybe it's just a small thing. Like when you're thinking about where you're going to go out to dinner here in town, you're just thinking about what kind of food do I like? Uh, we've got to think about acoustics. Like, like what's the background noise like? Is this a noisy place? One thing that has helped over time is that my wife has become incredible. Karma's great at reading lips. Uh, but then we went into a global pandemic where everybody is wearing masks. So it's like, this is her life now. It's like the only way that I can hear what anyone's trying to say is to read their lips and everybody has their lips covered. There's lots of other challenges that go along with this for her as she engages in the world. Like nobody knows that she can't hear necessarily. And so there's these situations that she gets herself in where people get frustrated with her. Uh, she was at Costco one time and she's standing in line. She's got a big bunch of groceries in her cart. And there was a woman that was behind her that just had one item and she wanted to go ahead of Carmen because she was in a hurry. Well, this gal doesn't know that Carmen can't hear, and so she's asking her if she can go ahead of her, but Carmen's not hearing anything, and this woman is getting angrier and angrier and angrier until finally she just starts screaming at Carmen, and Carmen reminded me of this after the nine o'clock. She says, she actually pushed me. She tried to push me out of the way. Like, this is what she's walking through in life simply because she can't hear. People are frustrated. We love in the, just the course of ministry, we love to be with groups of people. And one of the challenges is even if you can read lips, if you're in a larger group of people, what's challenging is, is the conversation just popcorns all around a table. And you don't know where it's going to go next. And so by the time you realize that someone else is speaking, you've got to figure out who that is and get dialed in on their lips to try to understand them. Then you've lost the context of everything that's happened and the conversations going on. And I just remember those times when we would go home and I would just say, wasn't that just so fun to be with those people? And for her, it was just tears. She's like, it looked really fun, but I don't really know what happened because I didn't understand what anybody was talking about. And my wife, if you know her personality, she's also incredibly introverted. And so just going out with people in general is challenging. But when you go out with people and you can't hear, it created a struggle for her because she couldn't hear. She just had to fight over time to just not let her life kind of cave in on itself and live in isolation and frustration and loneliness and hopelessness. So many things happened simply because she couldn't hear. So many problems arose. Here's what I want you to consider. I want you to consider the challenges and the problems that you're walking through in life because they're just as real. Here's what I wanna ask you to think about. What if those things that you are experiencing are simply 
symptoms. I mean, you've got relational problems, you've got emotional problems, you've got spiritual problems, and it manifests itself in lots of different ways, maybe anxiety and fear and depression, hopelessness, pain, suffering. We're all going through things, but what if, just what if, there's a root problem to those problems? And that root problem for you is also a hearing problem. Not that you're not hearing people around you, but you're not hearing the voice of God in the midst of your challenges. What if that is your deepest problem, not being able to hear God's voice? And here's the bold statement that I'm gonna make at the very beginning of this series is I think that's true. I think a lot of the problems that we're walking through would be alleviated or we would have perspective on them if we just knew and could hear the voice of God in the midst of that, that we would understand what he's thinking. We would understand his heart. We would understand what he wants us to do. I think it would change everything. Knowing God's perspective would change our perspective. And that's the heart behind this series that we're heading into over the next several weeks that we're calling Whisper. And I wanna let you know a couple of assumptions going in. We're making the assumption that God is a God who speaks. Around here, we believe that to be true. God wants to speak to you. God has things that he wants to say to you. The question that we're gonna ask is, are we listening? Are we able to hear him? Are we able to discern his voice in the midst of everything else that is happening in our world? And here's another question that I want you to wrestle with a little bit is how does God want to speak to you? How does God want to speak to you? Because I think sometimes when I say these words, you can kind of imagine that, yeah, I imagine that God wants to say some things to people in general. That's not where we're going in this series. We believe that God wants to speak to you as an individual, as a person. He knows the things that are happening in your life. And there's things that he needs to say into your life specifically because your challenges are different than the challenges of the person sitting next to you. He needs to speak to you personally and intimately. And I want you to believe with everything in you that his eyes are on you and his heart is on you. His heart sees you. When Jesus was talking about this idea of hearing God's voice, in John chapter 10, he uses a metaphor where he talks about a shepherd and sheep, that, that he is the shepherd and we are the sheep. And here's how he describes what is true of someone that is hearing God's voice. He said, one, my sheep, if they belong to me, this is what's true. They listen to my voice. Meaning that as they walk through life, they've got an ear to heaven. They're expecting my voice. A second thing that he says is that the good shepherd calls them by name. He doesn't just yell out to all the sheep. He knows every one of them by name. He knows what's going on in your life. He wants his communication to you to be intimate and personal. He needs you to hear him and you need to hear him because he wants to talk to you personally. He says he knows them and he leads them meaning that he's got a place that he wants to take you. 
There's a purpose to his voice. He wants to guide you to a different place in your life. He says that my sheep follow me, meaning they obey. When they hear my voice, they do what I say. They follow me. And then lastly, he says, they won't follow another voice because they don't recognize it. My sheep, they've learned along the way to distinguish all the different possible voices that are out there. And they hear mine, and I'm the one that they respond to. They don't respond to the other ones because they don't recognize it. Now, I hear that description, and I think what God wants us to do is to, is to hold that up to our life and ask ourselves the question, is that true of me? Does that describe my moment by moment, day by day, walk with following Jesus? Do I hear his voice? Do, does he know my name? Is he talking to me personally? Am I following him? Am I distinguishing his voice from all the others? And that's the question that we need to answer. Do we know and recognize the voice of God? That's again, the heart of this series. And this series is inspired by a book by a guy named Mark Batterson. And the title of his book is Whisper. And so that's the name of our series, Whisper. And some of the ideas from this have come from his book. And our deepest desire is that we would grow in our ability to hear God's voice. We're gonna jump off in the text today in a story in the Old Testament. We're gonna be in 1 Kings 19. And this is, we're gonna use this text of scripture to kind of frame this idea of what it means for God to speak to us and maybe how God chooses to speak to us. If I were to give you just a little bit of context to what I'm gonna be reading today, this is uh, a text that takes place shortly after Elijah and the Mount Carmel uh, extravaganza where God pours out his power on the prophets of Baal. This incredible story of God pouring out his presence in that moment. But on the very heels of Elijah experiencing this powerful moment with God, he finds himself on the run from Jezebel. He's scared for his life. He feels lonely. He feels depressed. And what he needs to hear is he needs to hear the voice of God in this moment because he's got problems. He's got challenges. Here's how God speaks to him. 1 Kings 19, starting in verse 11. It says, the Lord said, he's speaking to Elijah, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? God spoke to Elijah in a gentle whisper. If you grew up maybe reading the King James Version, 
talks about this being a still, small voice. Here's the question that I have. Why is it in this moment, why does God whisper? Why does he choose to reveal himself through a whisper? Because I think when we imagine the voice of God, we think about the voice of God is powerful. Wouldn't his voice be in the things that the writer describes here? The attention grabbers, this powerful wind that is tearing apart a mountain, this earthquake that is shaking the very ground that Elijah is standing on, this fire that is consuming everything. Wouldn't you think that God's voice would be in those powerful expressions? Now hear me. God has an outside voice. God knows how to yell. But you don't want God to yell at you. But in the Bible, when God wants to be heard, he speaks in a whisper just above the threshold of hearing. Those little nudges, those little promptings. Why? Why would God choose to communicate to us in that way? I want you to think just a little bit about the nature of a whisper. What do you need to do if you're gonna whisper to somebody? You've gotta get up close. Like I, I can't whisper to you from far away. Well, actually I can because I have a microphone on. But in general, if I wanted to whisper to you, I've gotta get up close with you. I've gotta get my cheek on your cheek, my mouth next to your ear. There's a closeness. We've got to lean in if we're gonna hear a whisper. That's God's goal. That's why he whispers. He wants us to be close. He wants us to lean in. It's not just about communication with God. It's about intimacy with God. And when we're close, and when we're close, when we tell a secret, what do we do? We get close and we cup a person's ear and we tell them something that's just for them. If we're gonna be those people that are those sheep, that God knows our name and he speaks to us, a message just for us, it's like a secret. It's not for everybody because he knows what's happening in your heart. A whisper is the most intimate communication. We've gotta be close and when we are close. We don't just hear God's voice. We hear his heart. If, if it was just about information, there's lots of different ways that God could communicate to us. He could e email us for crying out loud. Probably just delete them anyway, huh? But God wants us to be close with him. His nudges are quiet. Oswald Chambers the author of My Utmost for His Highest, said this, the checks. When he says checks, he's talking about those nudges, those little promptings. The checks of the Spirit come in the most extraordinarily gentle ways. And if you are not sensitive enough to detect his voice, you will quench it, and your spiritual life will be impaired. His checks always come as a still, small voice. 
those little nudges, those little whispers. They may seem small. They may seem insignificant. But nothing has more power to change your life than a quiet whisper from God. Nothing has the potential to change the direction of your life or the destiny of your life like a simple whisper from God. A handful of years ago, I was at the gym and I was on a stair stepper and I was listening to a podcast and ironically, it was an interview with the author of this book, Whisper. It wasn't, he wasn't even talking about that. It was something completely unrelated. But the guy that was interviewing him was asking him this story about him being healed from asthma. I mean, from, from the time that he was just a, a little boy, he just said, I can't remember a day that I didn't have to use a puffer. It was just part of my life. But he said, I wanted to pray this bold prayer that God would heal me from my asthma. And the reason this caught my attention is that my wife at that time suffered from asthma. She's had it her whole life, but it was that time in her life when she was on five different medications at one time and it was just wearing on her. Uh, when I was kind of talking this sermon through with her, she's like, it's gonna, you're gonna make it sound like I'm just a hot mess. Like everything's <laughs> wrong with me. Um, but she was struggling with asthma. And so there was a comment that the interviewer made. There was just a short little comment. He said, I was healed from asthma too, but I just ripped out my carpet and put in wood floors. That sound, it might, this might sound so crazy, but there was something that just moved in me where I just felt like God was saying, do that. Rip out your carpet and put in wood floors. And I'm just thinking, okay, this sounds absolutely crazy and expensive, by the way. But I just sensed that it was something that God wanted us to do. So I went home and with the risk of sounding crazy, I just said, Carmen, I don't know that this is gonna work, but I, I think we need to try this because I think God is saying, tear out our carpet and put in wood floors. We did it, went through the expense, did the thing. She hasn't struggled with asthma since. It just hasn't been an issue day to day in her life. But it was just this tiny little whisper that I knew was from God and acting on it changed the direction of our life. And I listen to that and I think about that and I just think, I don't want to miss those. I don't want to miss even the smallest of promptings. You know, I, I, I tell one story like that and I can, I can make it sound like, oh, it's just so easy. It's just like God just whispers and then you do things and then your whole life changes. It's not as easy as that. I feel like there's things that we've got to learn. In fact, I'm going to say this. I think it can be actually difficult to hear the whispers of God in our life if we don't do some things. So here's the, question, the second question I want us to think about. What makes God's whispers hard to hear? I'll give you one word, noise. Noise. I, I'm just gonna go out on a limb and I think I'm really pretty safe. Your life is too noisy. I don't care who you are, your life, I believe, is probably too noisy. I just think about how we live our lives in 21st century America. There are, we're just bombarded with so many noisy voices in our life. We live in this 24-hour news cycle where we allow our mind to be completely filled with the, the voices of the media. And we have social media, multiple platforms, driving voices into our heart and mind, endless podcasts that we listen to, nonstop entertainment, so many different platforms there, voices into our life. And then you've got actual voices of actual people that are around your life that are 
putting their opinions into your heart and into your mind. And I think you've got your own voices. Sometimes it's those, those inner voices of self-condemnation in your life that is bombarding you, negative self-talk. Maybe it's those condemning voices from your past that just play over and over and over, things that were said to you when you were younger that continue to play in your mind. So many voices. And then I'm just gonna say it because I believe it and we believe it around here. You have an actual enemy and his name is Satan and he knows how to whisper too. He can whisper into your heart, into your mind. He can be a voice in our life. But you know what the scripture calls him? Calls him the accuser and the deceiver. You know, when you have those negative thoughts that are playing in your mind, those accusations, those condemnations, that's him. He is the accuser. Lies that we believe. Things that he says. He is the deceiver. He can whisper too. So I just described there, there's just this onslaught of voices. And this is why this can be so challenging. It's because God's voice, it's easy for his gentle whispers to get lost in the middle of all these other voices in your life. Have you ever heard the term white noise? Here's the definition of white noise. White noise is a sound that contains every frequency that a human can hear, all at the same volume. And because it contains every frequency, it makes it extremely difficult to hear any one frequency. I think that's like a picture of what we're talking about here. There are so many voices coming into our life at such high volumes that it makes it difficult to hear the frequency of God's voice in our life. This chronic noise that we expose our lives to is one of the greatest impediments to our spiritual life and our spiritual growth. We've got to quiet our lives. We've got to figure out how to quiet our lives. I just want this phrase to sink in a little bit. Slow your pace to seek his face. Slow your pace to seek his face. You've got to slow down. You've got to quiet down if you're going to hear the voice of God in your life. You know what God wants to do to you? He wants to shush you. We don't like to be shushed, do we? Have you ever, have you ever tried to quiet a loud room? You know, when there's a group of people and they're all talking and you're up front and I was just experiencing this sometimes, even just to, to try starting a Bible study at my house, everybody's kind of talking. If you do this, if you just say, excuse me, excuse me, we want to get started, excuse, and you start to raise your voice, you know what happens to the room? It just gets louder. They start to just talk in louder tones because they don't recognize that sound. But you know what you do? You do this. Anytime that you need to quiet a room, just do this, go, and just watch what happens. Almost immediately, the sound in the room goes down and everything gets quiet. God wants to shush your life. He wants your life to get quiet because it's in the, in the quiet of our life 
that God is actually able to calm us and to still us so that we can hear him speaking to us. Psalm 46.10, we, we talk about it all the time. It's probably on a plaque in your house that says, be still and know that I am God. What does it take? Be still. Allow your life to be quieted. What's the result of that, the psalmist says? You'll know. You'll know that he is God. You'll know that he's there because you'll be able to hear his voice. I want you to understand that God speaks the loudest when our lives are the quietest. We've got to figure out how to quiet our lives. In week four of this series, Pastor Brian's gonna unpack this. How do we create those paces and spaces in our life to be able to quiet ourselves down to hear the voice of God? I'm gonna let him unpack that. But what I want you to hear today is that this idea of quieting our life to be able to hear the voice of God amongst all the other voices, this is a battle. There is a battle for your mind. There is a battle for your attention, but it is a must-win battle. You've got to figure out how to filter all the voices in your life. And I love how the Apostle Paul talks about this battle in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. He says this, the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension. Pretension just means claim. I had to look it up. Every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And listen to this, friends. We take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. What's Paul saying to us? He's saying, you you gotta think about what you're thinking about. You've gotta think about the voices that you're listening to. He said, you need to take every one of them captive, like grab a hold of it, slap some handcuffs on it, and hold it up, and ask yourself, is this true? Is this true according to what God says is true? Is this true, Jesus, in terms of what you want to say to my life? And if it is not, if this is not true, if this is not the voice of Jesus, we throw it away, never to come back, never to let that thought take root in our life again. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You might be asking the question, well, how do I know if it's true? How do I know if it corresponds to the voice of Jesus? Friends, that's where the scriptures is our best ally. We have the voice of God. We have the voice of Jesus in the scriptures. We hold these things up. Is this true in light of what God has already whispered to us? Because around here, we believe that this is the inspired word of God. Second Timothy talks about this is God breathed. It is his whispers. It is his breath. And it is authoritative in our life. Everything that's happening in our life, in our faith, and how we live out our faith is authoritative to the scriptures. But there would be some that would say the only way God speaks to us is through the scriptures. And in this series, we're gonna talk about other ways that God speaks to us. 
He will never say anything that is contrary to the scriptures, but he speaks to us in different ways other than just when we're reading scripture. Because I think we actually undermine the authority of this scripture when we say that this is the only way that God can speak. Because when I read this book that we believe is inspired by God, I see God speaking to people in lots of different ways. I see God speaking to people through burning bushes. That's never been my experience, but God chose to speak in that way. I've seen God speaking in the scriptures through a donkey. I've never experienced that, but God speaks that way. We need to be open to the fact that God has lots of different ways that he can speak to us. He can speak to us through other people, through prophetic words and dreams and signs and wonders. God does all those things in the scripture. He will never say, and I'll say it again, he will never say anything that contradicts what he's already said. So this is our bedrock. This is our checks and balances. But what you need to know is God is creative in how he speaks. He's not predictable. The only thing is predictable about him is his unpredictability. He's got lots of different ways that he can speak into our lives, and we need to have ears to hear the way he wants to speak to us. The word, friends, the way to think about it, this word, this is our map, this is our blueprint. But the Holy Spirit, that divine power that lives within us is our guide. This is our map, but God's spirit is our guide. He will speak to us in different ways. But if you're going to learn to hear regularly the voice of God, there's something that's really important. You've got to learn to obey that voice when you hear it. The last question we're going to look at is, how do we respond to whispers? The final key for us in terms of learning to discern the voice of God is by learning to do the voice of God. God wants to speak to you up close and personal but he doesn't share his voice with us for our evaluation, for our just simple consideration. God speaks to us because he expects us to respond to him in obedience. Matthew chapter seven, at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, the wise man is the one who hears my words, hears my voice, but what does he do? Puts it into practice. And he said, that's like the wise man who's building his life on a solid rock. When the challenges and the problems, and they're gonna come, when they come to your life, they don't sweep you away because you've built your life on something that is solid, the voice of God. But he said, you can also be a fool. A fool is someone who hears my voice and doesn't put it into practice. It's like building on the sand. And so when the challenges of life come, it just wipes us away. Because we didn't put the word of God into practice. And the Bible would make this really clear. If you hear the voice of God and you don't obey, you didn't really hear. God's expectation is that we would hear and respond. And I love how the writer of Hebrews, he says it twice in this book. And he's referencing the Psalms. He's quoting the Psalms. He says, today, if you hear his voice, do not Harden your hearts. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. 
You know what that tells me? That tells me that when we get one of those whispers, when we get one of those promptings, those nudges, you've got a choice. What am I gonna do? Am I gonna say yes? I'm willing to do that? Or are we gonna say no? I'm gonna do my own thing. You never know what can happen, even just with a tiny little whisper. This last week, you've heard us talking about this. It was Easter Sunday around here, and we did baptisms, and we invited people to get baptized. And uh, so there was just a lot of moving parts, a lot of things going on. I just felt like with all the different four gatherings, I was just running from place to place and needed to be in the next place at the next time. But I was walking down the hallway. I had somewhere that I needed to get. I felt like I was kind of in a hurry. But there was a man that was walking down the lobby across from me. And there was just this little nudge in my heart that just said, go give him a hug. And the first thought that went in my mind is, maybe he doesn't want a hug. You know, I don't, I, I, it's like, I just, maybe, I don't know him super, super well. But I just thought, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go over. So I just went over and gave him a hug and said, it was really cool to see you. Glad you're here. Didn't think anything about it till later that afternoon, I got this message and I'll, I'll just call him Tim. It says, hey, Bob, it's Tim. I've never needed a hug more than the one you gave me in the lobby. I literally had to go to the bathroom and compose myself right before. I've been struggling with loneliness and vulnerability your hug seemed to affirm that God is with me step by step. It told me to keep moving forward and to continue my search for a meaningful relationship with Christ. So thank you, Bob. Oftentimes we never know how our overtures of love affect other people. I think you should know how, to, how it affected one lonely Christian on an Easter morning. So blessings to you and your family. God bless and see you soon. It was... Uh, it, y yes, yes. It was so great to get that message, but you know what was going on in my mind? How many of those do I miss? How many of those miss? Because I'm in too much of a hurry. I've got to get somewhere. And just writing this sermon, it's just like, God, I don't want to miss one. I don't want to miss any of those because that little nudge that seemed so insignificant seemed like it was an even bigger nudge in the life of another person. It's like, God, I don't want to miss any of those. And that whole Easter gathering was just amazing, you know, because we, we started out, if you, you were there, we just started out and just said, hey, we're going to give you the chance to get baptized. I know that might not be on your agenda, but it might be on God's. Listen, if he nudges you, do it. In the midst of that, and I don't even remember what gathering it was, but uh, maybe to give a little context, uh, a couple days leading up to Easter, there was this guy uh, that I was talking to at the gym, like for two days in a row, we were sitting next to each other in the locker room and just having kind of a chit-chat conversation. And then uh, at the end of the, the last one that we had, he said, I, I might see you on Sunday. And uh, I just thought, man, that would be, that would be great. Well, I'm, I'm in the baptismal over there and uh, I look over and there's my buddy Mike and he's walking down the front right here and he's got his going public t-shirt on and I'm looking at him and I'm like pointing down to him and he's pointing up at me and I'm just thinking, I've got to know, like, what's going on in your life? And so he gets up there and he gets in the tank and I don't know if he remembers this or not. The first thing that I asked him was like, Mike, why'd you do this? What's going on? <laughs> this is what he did. He said, you were talking to me. 
You were talking to me. When you started talking about baptism from the very beginning, you were talking to me. That's why I'm here. That nudge, that prompting. I just love it that you just said yes. I'm gonna do it. So many people did that. But you know what? I also talked to a lot of people later in that week and they just said, I felt that prompting, I felt that nudge and I was too afraid. I couldn't do it. But I'm going to. I'm gonna sign up to get baptized this summer. And I was just like celebrating with them. Now, now the reason that I share that is not because the people that did it are spiritual and the, the people that maybe experienced some fear are unspiritual. The observation that I want us to make is that noticing those nudges of God and responding in obedience, it grows in us over time. It is a learned skill. We've got to learn to hear God's voice. And with God, it's not like a, a one and done. He's gonna whisper one time, and if, if you miss it, you snooze, you lose, and God's moving on. We serve a God that isn't one and done. He's more of a 70 times seven. He gives us lots of chances. But today, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Don't let your heart get hardened to the place where you just don't even hear anymore. Today, I'm, I'm gonna, I wanna change the words of it. Not a, today, when you hear his voice, because we believe that God is the God who speaks. Today, when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. In the Bible, there's a, the New Testament of the Bible, there's a couple different words that it uses to describe time. One of those Greek words is chronos. And chronos is like clock time, calendar time. It's like that sequential passing of moments. It's like linear and it's always moving. We understand that kind of time. It's the kind of time we experience. But there's another kind of time that the Bible talks about. And the word that it used to describe it is kairos. It talks about kairos. And because God is outside of time, God is outside of space, when the Bible's talking about kairos, it's talking about this opportunity, this moment in time that God wants to break in to our life. You see, chronos is measured in minutes. Kairos is measured in moments. These moments where God is breaking into your life and he wants to speak. In this series, friends, it's about recognizing those moments? Do we see those kairos moments in our life? And I want us to get to the place where our heart before God is that, God, we don't want to miss one. We don't want to miss even one. And here's how the apostle Paul said it in Ephesians chapter five. He said, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. It translates it opportunity there. That's that word, kairos, this God moment. Make the most of every one of them because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Hearing God's voice is about recognizing those kairos moments. Those moments when you know, you know that Jesus is nudging you to do something. And our response is to drop to our knees and say, yes. Jesus, I may not understand what exactly you want 
or what the implications of that are, but Jesus, you're nudging me? The answer is yes. Those kairos moments are when we get to those difficult decisions in our life. And the one that we know that God is calling us to make is the most difficult decisions, but we drop to our knees and we say, yes, I wanna hear your voice and obey. Those moments where you know in your heart of hearts you are clinging to fear, but you also know that God is calling you to trust him in faith for something. There's a Kairos moment and you're just saying, yes, I'm gonna let go of fear and Jesus, I'm grabbing a hold of you and I'm gonna trust you in faith. That letting go of our will for our life, recognizing that Kairos moment and just saying, God, my life is yours, your will be done. Nothing, friends, nothing has the power to change your life more than the whisper of God, those Kairos moments and you saying yes. Nothing has the power to be able to change the direction and the destiny of your life as saying yes to those whispers of God. That's what we're going to be talking about over these next several weeks. How do we learn to discern when God is speaking to us? How do we get the courage to say yes, even when it's challenging? What we wanna do in this series is we just wanna figure out how to turn up the volume of God's voice in the midst of all the other voices in this world. Today, today when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Let's pray. God, we just wanna say thank you that you speak. We're listening. God, we, I'll just speak for my friends that are here in the room and watching online. We wanna hear your voice. We wanna learn to say yes, even when it's difficult. We wanna trust you more. Speak to us. Your servants are listening. And all God's people said, amen. Thanks for engaging with this content. If it was encouraging to you, we'd love for you to leave a review. Hit that subscribe button and share this content with others. We'd also love to connect with you. The best place to do that is journeyweb.net. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Journey Church Bozeman and you'll find us there. If you'd like to give to our ministry, you can do that now at journeyweb.net slash give. Once again, thanks for engaging with Journey Church.